The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. You know, God, I'll mess it up if I get involved, right? What happens is we think we're in control and we're not, you know, and so I have to continue to go back to believing that God is going to make a way. Some might consider this woman's job to be, quote, secular, but she sees all of her life as a calling from God. Welcome to First Person, where we're going to meet Toy McRae, who is a manager at a large company who uses her platform to serve people. I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for being with us now for this week's interview as we seek to find and talk with people from all walks of life who have a testimony of faith in Christ and a calling to serve Him. So that you never miss one of these weekly interviews, why don't you make a note to download our free smartphone app, First Person Interview. Not only does that give you on-demand listening, it also provides a way to download interviews to take with you on your smart device in the car or the gym. Look for First Person Interview in your app store. Toy McRae is a Chicagoan who works for a large company, United Parcel Service. But her ministry is not only her full-time job, but also extends deep into her community. We spoke online recently. This is my 24th year um, at United Parcel Service. And so um, God sent me there (laughs) literally 24 years ago. I started out like everyone else, loader, unloader. Um, And at that time, Wayne, life had had happened to me. Mm. And so when I ended up on UPS's doorstep, it had to work for me. And so... Um, I went in there as a loader, unloader, um, not knowing what to expect, but I knew that it was a steady job with benefits and opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so because the way I was raised, you go in there, you work hard, you know, you, you do what you're supposed to do and you'll be recognized for your hard work. And so that's exactly what UPS did. Okay. Um, it gave me an opportunity 24 years ago and I climbed the ranks, um, into management. I've only been, I was only an hourly for five months. I was going to say, when, when you talk about being a loader and unloader at UPS, that sounds like pretty much the entry position. Absolutely. Where everyone starts loading and unloading here over the last few years, some folks get some opportunities. If they have their education, um, is something very rare, you know, we can't find anybody we can promote from within, but for the most part, everyone starts, um, at the bottom, loading and unloading, and I did that for five months. How about that? So, But you've risen through the ranks since then. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I think I'm correct in saying you were the first black female manager at UPS. Is that true? So not the entire UPS. The district that I was in, the Catch District, was the first automated district that UPS had in the country, the largest okay. automation district here in Chicago, um, in Hodgkins, Illinois. Yep, I've I've driven past it. It's a huge facility. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And so it was so big, it had to be its own district. And so in that district, there were no black female managers in operation. 
there were one or two in HR and there was one or two in the feeder, but none in the operation on the floor. And I didn't know that <laughs> actually until um, I was given the opportunity and the ops manager called me in one of my mentors. And he said, you know, you just made history, right? <laughs> I was like, I'm like, no. He was like, you're the first black female operations manager in this district. Wow. And he had to paint the picture to explain to me how big that was. So now you're a training manager. Tell me what you do then. So in my role as a training manager, um, I'm responsible for all the training for all of our unloaders and unloaders that come in. And so anything to have to do with them learning the job, being trained on the job, safety, um, anything that has to do with training for the district. So I'll do train the trainer, you know, I'll train um, other managers to train their people to certify um, anything that has to do with certifications to make sure that we're in compliance with OSHA. Some of the, some of our own processes and policies that we put in place to make sure people are safe and up to date with their methods to be able to teach, to be able to train. And so I'm responsible for that for the twilight shift we you know we were huge we run 24 hours yeah. and so we work about 1200 people a day and so i'm responsible to make sure all the training is done and now post covid and the way other companies are doing things a lot of um, departments have been gone away with hmm. and so now my role and the other training managers we're taking on that role so we have a piece of finance that i do now um, a big chunk of HR that I do now, <laughs> a big chunk of hiring. So it's like, whoa. <laughs> so that job is um, a big job dealing with people, um, environment, training, and treatment um, for the district. Well, Toy, I love talking to Christians from all walks of life, regardless of what they do in life. It's a God calling. And uh, yes. you in the service industry um, help the rest of us live life by doing what you yes. do. So thank you. But I understand that UPS has given you a, a distinctive award. So UPS um, has our founder, um, Jim Casey, his wife um, has a foundation. And so because um, Jim Casey was really believed in the community and understood uh, serving. And so for me, when I connected with UPS and learned about our founders, that I understood they really had, they were servants, you know, they understood about giving back. And so UPS gives back to so many communities. We have foundations that give back. And so we have an award. It's called the Jim Casey Award. It's the only award that UPS has that's given to one individual that has nothing to do with numbers. It's not production generated. It's not generated about packages. It's about community. Mm. Um, and so you have to be nominated. You have to obviously have a certain amount of hours that you have dedicated and volunteered in order to be recommended. You have to have a program that you've created or something you've done um, that you led or was the visionary for. And so I was chosen. I won it locally uh -huh. for my catch district. And uh -huh. so that's how I was submitted. Out of all the countries we serve, out of the 480,000 employees, they chose me to represent UPS as the Jim Casey Community Service Ambassador for 2020. Hooray. Wow. <laughs> 
What an honor. And what honorable what an work honor. as well. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, yes, it was an honor. Um, you know, I was able to meet our CEO. I was able to meet some of the board of directors and talk about my story. And they created, um, UPS did a video. They came out and they were able to shadow me as I do some of my community and missionary work and put a video together to be able to show the other UPSers why I was chosen and what I do. And the most important part was to um, encourage others, mm -hmm. you know, to, to give back what an honor um, a, a company that I have so much respect for, you know? Well, I will put a link to that video in our program notes for this interview online at our website okay. so that our listeners can check out that video and that award. And we'll talk more about the various volunteer things that you're doing, Toy. You are a woman of faith. I am. Uh, you came from a family of faith, Absolutely. a strong family of faith. <laughs> yeah. uh, talk, talk about that for a moment. Why do you do what you do? Absolutely. Again, um, God blessed me. Um, with the best mother that was on the list of mothers the day he was giving out mothers. Okay. That's Gwen Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. Right? And that's how we, that's how her children refer to her when we're talking to folks. Gwendolyn said, Gwendolyn taught us, <laughs> thus say the Lord. She sat us down at that <laughs> dining room table. I'm going to teach you about God. I'm going to teach you, right? And thank God she did. And so, um, I had the privilege and the honor to have a mother that didn't just talk the talk, but she walked in and she gave us an example our entire life, Wayne. Um, I had a mother that she understood even as small children that we might not know what, exactly what she was teaching us. We might not know, but she knew that later on it would all click and what's that seed was deposited. And so from a very young age, a very little girl, um, I've been serving right by her side because my mother was a servant. And so because I was the baby and the only girl, and there was such a big age difference between my brothers and I, there was obviously it got a point in life where they were doing their things that they should be doing as boys. And so I was with her everywhere mm -hmm. she went. And so when my mother would be doing missionary work, you know, with Operation Push and Jesse Jackson, um, doing food baskets for Thanksgiving and Christmas, going into the senior citizens' homes, feeding them, reading to them. Um, she had me right there with her. When she would be at church and she was in charge of the youth department, I was right there with her. When she was ministering to young couples, I can remember as a little girl sitting at her feet, small enough to fit under the dining room chair. And she was ministering to young couples, married couples about being married and allowing God to be the core, you know, the three cords, um, ministering to the young, the neighborhood, everyone in the neighborhood, she would pile up in her car and take the church vacation Bible school. We would have to make two trips because we would fill up the bus because <laughs> mama would get everybody off the block. And so she taught me, she taught me Wayne to be a giver and not a taker. She mm -hmm. taught me, um, where there's a need, fill it. She taught me that God has given everyone at least one gift. Some folks have more, but you have to tap into it and allow God to use you. Um, this, this, this place that we're on, this earth, this body is just a shell, right? She taught me to be successful from the inside out. That one was so important that 
It's about your heart. It's about integrity, giving, helping. Um, what can you do for someone else? Is it adding to or taking it away? And as a little girl, because I watched her do it and I heard her do it, it was just second nature. All of my friends, I've been blessed to have friends that I've known my entire life, you know, since I was 10 years old. And they say, Toy has been this way as long, you know, I hear, I'm like, really? They talk about how we, you know, we're in grammar school and I see somebody cry and I'm over there patting them on the back and telling them it's going to be okay and giving them my lunch money and giving up my coat and bringing clothes from home as a little, I mean, a little girl, six and seven years old. So I say that to say that my mom deposited that seed and because I was with her and I watched her, Wayne, this is a clear example of children do what they see. I thought that's what you were supposed to do. I thought when you saw somebody crying, you're supposed to say, are you okay? Do you need me? And mean it, though, and be sincere, you know? We'll continue talking with this remarkable woman, Toy McRae, on this edition of First Person as you stay with us now. I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve Him. Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's word. In addition to First Person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Toy Ann McRae, and we're learning about her life as a volunteer, as a, as a woman of faith who's, who's giving back uh, to her community. And, I mean, the South Side of Chicago is where you grew up. It's a tough community. Uh, you have a big heart, Toy, to, to give back. Uh, we talked about your full-time job and the things you're doing through UPS, but let's talk about all the, some of the volunteer. I don't know if we have time to talk about all the volunteer things you're doing, but give me an example of some of the things the Lord has led you to do in your community to make a difference. Yes. Well, first and um, foremost, um, again, back to UPS, when I paired up with UPS and realized that they give back to the community and community was so important to them, I was like, wow, this is a great relationship. So God placed me there and I've done more mentoring, coaching and giving back than I have moving packages because there's so many people I've been able to um, create things and bring people outside of UPS into what I do and teach others. So, you know, doing things for United Way, um, you know, starting off at UPS trying to say, okay, we're going to give back to somebody, a family. Sure. And And mentoring is, mentoring is a, is a very important uh, program for you, isn't it? So my grandfather and my mother, I'm had an organization. The name was Victory Youth Center on 63rd and Cottage Grove on the South side of Chicago. And I was a very little girl. And that's where I learned how to do administrative work, checking people in. Um, My mother taught, my mother's a teacher. She's an educator. She taught city colleges. And so they were able to take some of their programs into their organization and mentor youth, mentor people um, experiencing homelessness, transitioning folks. And so this is where this came from me learning to mentor. Mm -hmm. And so um, the mentorship portion is so huge because you have um, so many large varieties of people that need mentorship. It can be people who haven't experienced hard time. They just 
wasn't taught about some basic life things. Yeah. You could be you could be mentoring folks who um, have con- experienced homelessness and now transitioning back into the workplace. Um, you know, building their credit, job skills, interview skills. You can have someone who is successful, never experienced anything, but they have no idea what it's like to be able to have people skills, to be able to work with other people. So mentorship for me, I realized yeah. it was such a variety um, with giving back. So, And I know you've, uh, you've mentored uh, people of various ages, but you have a real burden for young black women. What, what's it like for a young woman who's black in your communities? What's it like for her and what are you trying to help them with? So because I was blessed with the mother that I had, again, not knowing um, that everyone, you know, at a young age, I learned, oh, everybody mothers didn't teach them this, <laughs> right? So I'm like, if I can just give them a little piece of what Gwen taught me, if I can just deposit a little hope, a little love, um, a little um, integrity, a little character into them, that maybe, maybe it can change their narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it would give them an opportunity because in most cases, most of our little young black girls just want to be loved. Mm. They want to know that somebody loved them and they need somebody to deposit some things. So for me, it's so important because they're our future. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they are, again, they are birthing our communities. You know, we can't have more children without women. Um, and our black women, unfortunately, have made to be so strong. And it's very systematic, as we know. Um, the man was taken out of the home. Um, women was made to be dependent on welfare and assistance. So there was no um, structure for family of a wife, a husband, a child. Mm -hmm. So it's very important if I have the opportunity to be able to give a young girl some love, some structure to be able to let her know that um, she is worthy. Um, She is more. Um, She can educate herself to be able to introduce um, our young black women into higher education, Mm -hmm. to teach them that love isn't sex. Um, Love isn't um, abuse, mm, right? right. <clears throat> because so many of them have grown up in homes where that's all they've seen. Yeah. That's all they, that's all they know. So for me and the younger we can get to them, right. Um, the, the better chances we have for a success rate, because as we know, when people are set in their ways and older, it's harder, um, to maybe go back and reteach them, yeah. you know, a lot of relearning. Yeah. So, you know, and then I have a, I raised a daughter who also, I had all of her friends at my house and I saw the need in her age group. So tr- to be able to deposit that into a young black girl in the South side of Chicago, where times are so different. Some of these children have no parents in the home way. Mm. Some of them are being raised, raising themselves because their mothers are, doing whatever you know there's a various of things trying to work so some of them aren't on drugs and alcohol the stigma that we've been told some of them are out there trying to work two to three minimum wage jobs so they're never home some of them are trying to better educate themselves so they're working and going to school and doing the, the the next best thing which is leaving the child at home and then what does that open up to everything yeah. so it's not always that the parents are on drugs and alcohol yeah well i'm so grateful that you recognize that you have a responsibility 
uh, as as a role model for these young people, and you're doing yes. something about that. You're not you're not yes. just wringing your hands. You're not just sitting on the sidelines, toy. You're there doing something about it, and I really appreciate that. We've only scratched the surface of everything you're doing, whether it's with the homeless or with the, uh, feeding the hungry or mentoring young girls or whatever it is. Uh, the Lord is really blessing uh, other people through you, Toy. I, I know I know you've grown up with the scriptures. Is is there any particular passage that just means a lot to you and drives what you do? As you know, um, being a, a, a person of faith and believing, and I just had this conversation with my daughter. I was talking to her because she was trying to, you know, she was a little confused maybe about some of her friends. Like, I don't get it, mom, that, you know, what they're missing. I said, well, it's their belief system, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, no, they believe. I said, they say it but they don't actually believe it. You have to, you know, I told her, I said, what's the definition of faith, right? I said, you you depend on air and you don't see it every day, right? So you have to, when it comes to faith, I believe, Wayne, I'm expecting God. The word of God says he is faithful to his promise. And I believe I'm expecting God to make a way. I'm expecting him because he's brought me this far and he hasn't failed me. You know, the scripture that says weapons of form, right? Mm-hmm. I always tell everybody that I mentor, nobody never said it was easy, but there was no scripture that I opened up in that book that said, believe in God, you know, allow him to direct you and it's going to be easy. No, 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 no. <laughs> no it doesn't right? work that way. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And all of those things that make it hard is a part of the walk. It's a part of faith. It's part of God wanting to know, do we believe and are we going to trust him? Mm-hmm. Right. Are we going to trust him? So understanding that the father has already laid that thing out, right? Before I was even thought of, he has already, he knows exactly what it is and where he wants Toy to go. And all of us, obviously, but I sit every day and tell myself, you know, God, I'll mess it up if I get involved, right? (laughs) I'm expecting you to do what you do, guide me, lead me. Um, You know, what happens is we think we're in control and we're not, you know? And so I have to continue to go back to believing that, God is going to make a way, believing that um, he is able, that he is a he is a healer. Right. He is going to comfort me. All of those things that I have real life stories to be able to prove that to somebody that the word of God said, um, I'll do it. And I'm expecting him to. No weapon formed against no weapons. Absolutely. You know, and so and then believing that what he has for me is for me. You know, when I talk to the young girls, when I'm building them up about not being jealous, about jealous and envy, I I try to really put into them, believe that what God has for you is for you. So you don't have to be jealous of the next girl because what he has for her may not be for you. You know, what he wants you to learn may not be her lesson. I truly believe that no weapon formed against me and what God has for me is for me. She is a woman of purpose who understands that she's been called to serve God both in the marketplace as well as in her community. Our guest has been Toy McRae, and we'll archive this interview at our website, firstpersoninterview.com. Please take a little time to learn more about the Far East Broadcasting Company who makes these interviews possible each week. Along with you, FEBC celebrates those who serve Christ right where they live. To discover more about FEBC's ministry, please visit febc.org. I host both a daily radio feature and a podcast for FEBC, which you can listen to there at the website. 
Ed Cannon joins me on those productions as we detail the work God is doing in many countries through dedicated servants of Christ. Go to febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us next week for First Person. Thank you.